Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Raktagino and Root Beer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Michael. On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Raktagino and Root Beer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we are going to review Season 6, Episodes 3 and 4, Sons and Daughters, and Behind the Lines. So, Michael, why don't you start us off by reviewing or giving us a synopsis of Sons and Daughters. Sure. So, this is a a A A-plot, B-plot episode. A-plot is the son. B-plot is the daughter. So, yeah, we've got, uh, on the A-plot, we have uh, Worf on General Martok's ship, and uh, they're tasked with escorting uh, some cargo ships that mm-hmm. usually get attacked by the Jem'Hadar and uh, they dock at the station pick up four new crew members and one of them is mm-hmm. Alexander Worf's uh, long lost son dun, dun, dun. he's all grown up um, mm-hmm. into a sulky teen yeah. actually it's, re- it's really good but I'll get into that later and it's basically on this relationship where uh, Alexander wants to fight for the Empire and he wants to be a warrior all of a sudden and and uh, and he wants to reconnect with his father, essentially, who who thought he was acting in Alexander's best interest, but maybe not so much. Maybe he just wasn't sure how to deal with him. And yeah. so here they are together once again. And in terms of the daughter, uh, the B plot, this is or A plot, I'm not sure. This is um, uh, uh, Goldicat and oh my gosh, what's her name? Torazial. Thank you. Uh, we get Toraziel back on the station with Gal Tukat, Um and she's been studying art. She's an artist now, very, very talented, and it's this incredibly complicated relationship because Kira was essentially her parental guardian. Mm-hmm. Now Gal Tukat is back, and she wasn't quite able to fit in on Bajor, so now she's sort of reestablishing this uh, connection with her own father, which is incredibly awkward for Kira. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, at the end, Kira realizes that, you know, because she's part of this resistance, that she really can't have any sort of personal relationship with Galticat. And um, and that's where she draws the line with uh, Toraziel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Yep. So what did you think of this episode? I love this episode. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a really great look at how, at how you have this conflict... Um, where the Cardassians and the Bejorans have been fighting each other for who knows how long and, and with the Federation mixed in and you have all these complicated relationships uh, going on mm-hmm. and, and in wartime like people are just sort of thrown together again or, or thrown apart or pulled apart um, I thought it was absolutely wonderful I love what they did with Kira and uh, Torazial. I, I think that 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 worked out really well. Like it's really complicated stuff, and the whole thing with Worf and Alexander, I really appreciated. Where mm-hmm. it was sort of Worf realizing that he thought he was, you know, acting honorably by letting Alexander pursue his own path, but it, but he hasn't actually spoken or accepted him. Really, like he yeah. hasn't spoken to him in years and years, so yeah. he's forced to confront his actual motivations and and that wonderful scene at the end where he accepts. Alexander, mm-hmm. and uh, Alexander joins the House of Mart of Martok with him. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what what did you think of this episode? I thought it was good. Um, I felt that there was a little bit of 
the thrust or kind of momentum of the first two episodes has been lost a little bit. Mm. But um, otherwise, I thought they were great. I thought both of them, as you said, present pretty complicated views of parental relationships. Uh, in particular, I, I think I like the Klingon one a little bit better than the Cardassian mm. one. Yeah. Uh, because I liked how they portrayed Alexander as being very inarticulate in what he wanted, you know? And that's accurate to how a teen would feel. Yeah. A teen wouldn't be able to explicitly say to their father, I'm joining this because I want you to notice me and I want you to pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. And and it is a stupid reason to join um, a fight. But when you're a teen and this is your only parent, then yeah, maybe you'd do it. I like the, the actor. I'm, I apologize. I don't know his name, but the actor playing mm-hmm. Alexander. Um, you know that... I thought uh, it was really good. One of the actors that played Alexander died recently. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah, the the actor that played the first Alexander, mm. uh, his name is John Paul Stewart, died on January 1st. Oh, wow. At the age of 33. They don't really know what happened to him. Just a few just a few days ago. Yeah, mm. yeah. So um, his, his name... He is, he had a singing name. He was a mm. singer named Johnny Jewels. Oh, wow. So uh, he had a whole thing going on. But he was the first Alexander. There was a second Alexander that was Brian Bonsall, mm-hmm. who was, um, uh, he was on Family Ties. And then the third one was played by Mark Worden. He's the most current one. Uh, but it has been pointed out that Alexander seems to have aged really quickly. He uh, mm. suffered under soap opera rapid aging syndrome, <laughs> where you know a baby, someone has yeah. a baby, and then like a few years later, they're suddenly a teenager. Right. Um, and so they did actually have to age him. Mm. Apparently, that was done for a lot of reasons. One of which is getting makeup on a child takes well. Take, getting makeup on any actor takes a long time, and children under the age of eighteen can only be on set for a certain number of hours. Oh, because of union rules, yeah. Because of union rules. And so if you have a child in makeup, they can only be on set for maybe a couple hours. Right. And so that just extends the whole shooting time, which makes everything so much more expensive. Right. So um, they decided they decided to age him. And I think it actually makes sense. I'm, wow. I those, wasn't... those child labor laws really take the fun out of things, right? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, But I think it made a lot of sense. For me, it was, um, you know... Mm-hmm. I, I I just saw him as like maybe 16, 17, 18 he's probably 18 eight. like in terms of the Star of Trek of the actual world. timeline he's 8 years old but yeah. in the sh- like when I saw him I was like oh he's a, he's an 18 year old yeah, yeah yeah and I think he they they cast him short so that he would look even smaller and like more defenseless and right yeah so uh, no it was a great um, I think he it is a great um, to have this this kind of familial bomb thrown into Worf's mm-hmm. lap where... Because I think I've said it on this podcast, maybe even in the last episode, I was thinking, where the heck is Alexander? Yeah. We've suddenly, like, he's just nowhere. And then they make it into the storyline where Worf himself never mentions him. Yeah. And in this episode, Martok says, you never told me you have a son. Yeah. Yeah. I really like Martok's speech to Alexander when he takes mm. the Batleth away from Alexander while he's practicing. Uh, because it was, you know, it showed that he, like, in an, in another episode, they might have made Martok really nice and sweet and positive towards uh, Alexander. But in reality, he was the same as a, he was a Klingon. He treated him with respect, but yeah. kind of said basically, like, 
sort yourself out. Oh, I love, I love, yeah, there's a, he takes the Batleth away from him and, and, uh, Alexander says, let, let me prove myself. And he said, I just did. And you failed Yeah. because he asked him a direct question. He didn't answer it honestly. Yeah. And, and he wasn't treating Martok with respect, with, with respect. I, that was an amazing scene. Yeah. There's, yeah, there, yeah. there's another one with Martok and Worf where Martok is like, this is an issue because you're the first officer and you have to deal with this kid who's your son. Yeah. And Worf says, oh, I'll, you know, like, relax. I'll deal with it in my own way or something. And Martok basically just says, get it done. <laughs> but yeah, he yeah. says it in a very nice way. Yeah. No, no, no. It was Sorted great. Out. It was a great, uh, yeah, showing the different uh, personalities. Mm -hmm. And also that that line where um, where Martok is like, look, he's fitting in with the crew. And, and Worf says, yeah, he's the ship's fool. Mm. And... I also like that it was showing the the complexity of the relationships that were happening on the ship in a very realistic way. Oh, and I I'm glad it. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's the, it's the complexity in this episode I think really makes it shine. Where it was way more realistic. So at the end of it, and if this was um, um, sort of a hacky episode, the writer would have written it so that Alexander was a hero at the end of the episode, yeah, saved the day, exactly, and then all like the crew accepted him. So he has this moment where he's where he endangers his own life to save the ship, but then he like locks himself in a hallway or yeah. something, right? <laughs> like he still manages to mess it up, and that is such a more believable uh, way to end the episode. Yeah, which I, I just thought that that was very well written. Yeah, yeah, he did a great job. On and this. and you know it was very subtle to the fact that you know the these recruits that they got on the ship are all super young or really old. Mm -hmm. And they actually didn't draw attention to the fact that this was, a, I think, emblematic of what's happening in the conflict, that the mm. only people that are available now are... They the, didn't spell it out. The dredges, just, yeah. you know, yeah. of, like, really young people and really old people. Mm -hmm. So there was lots of great things in here. Um, as I said, I preferred the Klingon uh, plotline. I liked the... I liked the Torizial one, but in some ways I was a little... I don't know. It felt not as subtly handled mm. as the as the Klingon one. Yeah. Uh, mainly because it's so hard to have Kira interacting with Gal Dukat when he is Hitler. You know. Yeah. They they ended the, a couple episodes again. Basically, she's just absolutely revolted by him because because he sexually harasses her. And yeah. Is, well, and he's like, awful. We, like we already have an intimate relationship and all that creepiness. So all of a sudden, she's supposed to pretend that, you know, he's okay because uh, yeah. Tracy Al is there. Like like when he sent her the dress yeah. and she momentarily liked it, and then I was like, I don't think she would like it, momentarily like it. I yeah. I feel like she would just throw it away. I feel like that I, would that would be the thing she'd do. I do. I liked that they that Torziel is back with her father, and they Kira's thinking like like why why are you doing this? He left you on the station to die. Yeah, right? yeah. And then she says, uh, "Oh, he admits he overreacted." You know, like yeah. she's basically she's so lonely and needs to reestablish a relationship mm. with her father that she's forgetting all this horrible stuff and just sort of glossing it over in her mind i thought that was oh yeah that was nicely done it's very real right yeah yeah i know it, it's true and she would be hated on bejor right mm -hmm. she's the child of gal Dukat and she is um uh, she's a representation of that so even though people would be polite it'd just be exactly what she said people are polite but they don't really like her and you know and 
obviously Golducott um, wants her to come back to him because it's you know it's a sign of power and his ability to like he probably helped mm. get those pictures into the Cardassian art gallery or whatever yeah so it's a symbol of power for him and yeah so it was all of that was good it just sometimes it was hard to it's hard for me to believe that Kira would have any sort of positive feelings towards Caldecott so it, mm-hmm. sometimes I don't feel like it was that Mm-hmm. handle this as well as it could have been but uh, otherwise I thought it was good um, just some things I want to point out um, I liked Martok's line defeat makes my wounds ache <laughs> that's a good Klingon yeah. line uh, he also said impossible odds and a ruthless enemy like this is a, an amazing mission to be on Yeah, uh, I think the conspiracy the resistance Oddly enough, very similar to resistance that's currently happening in our modern day, but, <laughs> um, but they're having it a dumb place. They're having it at Quarks. I yeah, like, they they seem to be. Well, they, they, we'll talk about this more in the next yeah. episode. They seem to have no concern about people finding out about yeah, this. Yeah, they're not very good considering yeah. that they're headed by Kira. It's and it's shocking to me. And the yeah. head of security. I it's know. So bizarre. It's very casual. Um, it's it's I, I was it's more like a book club. Yeah. Like well, it seems it's like are you coming to the book club meeting? But it's like are you coming to the resistance meeting later? Yeah, um, yeah. We just loved it to talk about you know nineteenth century novels. Uh, I love that Quar- uh, that Worf has a framed photo in the twenty fourth century. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, you know it's very. I missed that. Who's the photo of? It's of him and Alexander. Oh, and it, but it's like. They have frames. It probably looked like they went to Home Sense or something, you know, yeah. a pure one. And later, you know, when they're doing the ceremony and they're like welcoming Alexander to the house of Martok, mm-hmm. and they like they have this array of gothy cam- candles out, and you're like, like really? Do they just have a supply yeah. of candles on this ship? Definitely pure one. <laughs> um, I liked Kira had a good line when she said to um, Ducat, ah. The busy life of an interstellar despot. Just <laughs> good. And um, I also want to mention that the dress that Goldukat bought for Kira apparently also fits Torziel, which I'm guessing. That was, uh, I like that scene because it showed how creepy Goldukat and manipulative he oh, yeah, is. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, here, I got you a present to Torres Yal. And she's like, oh, you're so thoughtful. Yeah. You know? oh. yeah. No, he's so disgusting. Um, and I also want to mention that Worf is a terrible teacher. <laughs> he's the worst teacher ever. <laughs> that is wrong! Incorrect! <laughs> Stop it! That's, it does remind me of someone I know. I'm not going to say who, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> who? I can't say. Okay. I'm not gonna say. Um, is it me? No, it's not you. Okay. No. But uh, he is a terrible teacher. He would not last... Um, he lost last five minutes as an English teacher at a college. Like that. <laughs> um, yeah, the only other thing I want to mention is the CGI station. I'm not that crazy about it. It looks a lot faker than oh, the, yeah. the, the, the model version. Right. Uh, so that is one thing. I'm not that crazy about the transition hmm. to CGI for everything, but... One tiny thing I I just want to mention before we move on is I love the Jitsia Dax teasing Worf about his traditional wedding. Mm-hmm. So we saw it, we see that again at the beginning of this. It's just mm-hmm. a lovely touch. I they're they are my favorite couple on this show. Yeah, uh, Worf and Dax are great, and Worf is a bridezilla. 
Yeah, Worf is a total bridezilla, <laughs> which makes it really easy for Dax to push his buttons. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we move on to episode four of season six, Behind the Lines. So in this episode, uh, we see two plots again. Uh, once again, there's one taking place on Tarek Noor. And in that plot line, essentially, Odo is being challenged as a part of the resistance by the presence of the female changeling. She's arrived and said that she's been cut off from the Gamma Quadrant by the fact that um, uh, the mind entrance to the wormhole is still in existence. So she does a lot of terrifying things by just talking quietly and walking around in her dress and or her skirt. And, um, and what she wants to do is she wants to spend a lot of time um, linking with Odo in, in basically some changeling sex, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, at first, Odo is totally on board with it, but then um, he starts to feel resistant to it because Kira is getting upset about it. Um, which is, yeah, we'll get into that a a little bit, but, uh, essentially she's afraid that he's going to be kind of turned to the wrong side. And, and in fact, there's a scene where Kira, uh, was planning a, a resistance attack on the station. Um, and Odo was a key part of it, but at the last minute, Odo doesn't participate and Rom is captured by the Cardassians and taken into a holding cell. And she asks Odo why he did this, and Odo is basically saying that he, or implying that he's turned over to the, the Dominion. Mm-hmm. And, but, as soon as he tells Kira that the female changeling comes out of a, a alcove in his apartment, and we're uncertain as to whether he was saying it for her benefit or for... Um, or if he actually believes it. Right. So that's the one plot line. Um, the second plot line is uh, basically the Defiant is being captained by Cisco and it's doing all sorts of great missions and everything like that. Uh, but he's doing so well that the Admiral of the sector wants uh, Cisco to join him in figuring out how to plan all the attacks and everything like that. And he does, but then he starts to realize that He's feeling separated from his crew, and it's making him feel sad. Yeah. And so that's the second plot line. Mm-hmm. And I also should just mention as well, I forgot to mention it, um, that a key part of the first plot line was that Damar found out a way to defeat the, oh, yeah. the mind wormhole, and that was what Rom was trying to stop, but they didn't manage to stop Damar. So we're going to find out next episode what, what is going to happen. Right. Thank you. I forgot. So Damar basically, like, they're, the Cardassians are obviously aware that, that the Ketracil white supply is running low. Yeah. And that once once that supply disappears, the Jem'Hadar will go nuts and will turn on everyone, basically, yeah. and just start killing each other. So his solution is to poison them. Yeah, that was his original idea. But mm-hmm. now it appears that he's developed a strategy to defeat the mind entrance to the wormhole. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was good. Uh, you know, it's, these are all good episodes. This is my least favorite of the ones that we've seen so far. I feel like there has been a little bit of sagging of momentum. Um, I really felt the Cisco and Cisco plotline was not that exciting for me. Hmm. And 
the plotline on Tarek Noor uh, had some issues with just believability with this whole resistance. As we said, it seems more like a book club than a, yeah. than a real suspenseful, like, oh my god, are they listening kind of thing. There's a moment when there's a knock on the door and Kira says, oh, just relax. We're all just here having fr- like friends. like, And it's, it's Kira Odo and uh rom who and, and, and jake. jake like this is the most suspicious group ever <laughs> if you're a kardashian walking in on that of course you'd be suspicious yeah yeah so it's a little too casual mm. i would have preferred if they had developed something that was a little bit more um i don't know secretive yeah uh particularly there's like a moment where kira runs into odo's apartment and she knows the female changeling is around and mm-hmm. she talks to Odo, and I actually forgot for a minute what happens, and I actually was like, oh, does is this actually the female changeling she's talking to? Yeah. But no, it's, it is Odo. But then later, the female changeling does hear everything Kira said. And it's like, why are you not thinking about this? Like yeah. You are, as you said, she is a former uh, resistance cell leader. Yeah. Hopefully you would have thought of things like this, but... Maybe Shakar Shakar didn't teach her very well. I guess I don't know. Yeah, like this is this is the most basic stuff. Uh, Yeah. Um, I I really liked uh, the creepy founder in this. I I like that we learn a lot of stuff. Uh, They talk about Odo. Odo's asking, you know, are you an individual or are you part of this link? And she she uses the metaphor of a drop in the ocean and then the ocean becomes a drop yeah and it's kind of interesting uh to me yeah yeah i know that is interesting um, and i liked how she said she, i don't have a name yeah yeah I just don't have a name it's kind of neat i like and, that and idea she is terrifying i love how terrifying she is like how relaxed how unbothered she is by everything that happens yeah there, there's a scene where Wei Yun and goldie cat are sort of one-upping themselves to impress her and She's she feels so so above both of them. They're both basically just insects to her. You yeah, get yeah. the sense that she just doesn't care. Yeah. Um, and and it's super creepy at the end uh, with Odo basically saying like, "Oh, just relax," and he's become a. Presumably, either he was like you said, suggesting putting on a show for the female changeling, or there's something about linking that's that's made him the same way where he just feels superior to everyone and doesn't care about the solids it's very chilling it is very chilling um i I liked that aspect to it i just wished there was i wish the tension was a little higher Mm -hmm. in these up in these episodes i feel like they they're getting the i guess um the narrative continuity down but sometimes the 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 stakes are not as high as it could be mm-hmm. as that for instance the rocks and shoals was such a good episode because the stakes were so high and um and yeah this one i don't know the stakes were not that that high at some points so um yeah i do want to mention changeling sex it's, it's very web 1.0 web 1.0 <laughs> it's very c-punk you know yeah. like it's all like weird humanoids with like melting yeah. it's very you don't odd. get the the nice blue colors though and see punk but yeah yeah, yeah. It, it is very like oh we have cgi <laughs> what can we do with this and it's like yeah um i i did like quark in this episode where he really misses the federation uh and he says i want to sell root beer again <laughs> which I, see i didn't nice. feel like that was that oh. 
I, I I love Quirk, but I was like, mm, that's his best line in this episode. It's not that great. I was no, not I like I liked it. Maybe because of our name, but there you go. Uh, oh yeah. Well, in the previous episode, there was also another reference to root beer. Um, mm. When the 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 Klingon on the ship said to Alexander, "Do you want some root beer oh. <laughs> with a scoop of ice cream in it?" <laughs> so yes. Um, so yes, it's always good when we get a call out to root beer. That fight at the beginning was crazy. And oh that, yeah, that that Cardassian. Did you see that Cardassian got his, his back, spine yeah. broken over the knee of a yeah. of a Jem'Hadar? I thought actually both these episodes had some really good fighting. I really loved good the explosions too. Yeah, the explosion in uh, the other one it looked super fake. I'm gonna say it was not my favorite. <laughs> oh, man. I, as a connoisseur, of yeah, you space love your battles, explosions. It was not my favorite, but the fighting has been very good in these episodes. And again, again, the power level of the Jem'Hadar has shot up again. Yeah, yeah, no, they're once they're back to being cold-blooded killers. Yeah, no, but well, that was pretty cool. It was like <laughs> you like to see the Cardassian spine broken, just like. Bam! Yeah, you know that, that was, was pretty good. <laughs> you did a you did a Bane Batman move. Um, yeah, I think, I think I did appreciate the bar fight too. And Quark looked pretty freaked out, but Rom was not bothered at all. <laughs> no. He's up on the mezzanine looking down at his brother, who's like, can he yeah. get a Cardassian thrown on his head? But well, yeah, he got thrown over the bar. Quark. <laughs> I uh, I actually I I thought that was well done too because they. Um... Kira actually backed away too, where she's like almost shocked by what she caused. Yeah, and I like that aspect of it. I like that Demar is kind of becoming more of a character, um, and that we're finding a little bit more about his own psychology and, you know, his hatred. He clearly hates Kira. Mm-hmm. Just straight up hates her, and seems to be frustrated with Ducat because Ducat is a frustrating person. He's like, yeah he's so obsessed with himself that he doesn't um, always seem to be doing the right thing. Did you appreciate that they trimmed his hair again? I didn't notice that, yeah, actually. Yeah, I think it was in the in uh, episode three, Sons and Daughters. His, his hair is shorter again. Yeah. He doesn't have the wild and carefree Cardassian look. Yeah, he wasn't ready to go on a, <laughs> you know, on a motorcycle ride. Let his, <laughs> let his bowl cut. No, his, uh, his bob blow yeah. in the wind. His Cardassian bob. Yeah, so it was... I mean, they're all good, uh, but I wished... I, I kind of wished for more consequential things to have happened. And, I mean, let's stop treating the Resistance as a book club. Yeah, I think there really was a line where they said, I'll see you at the Resistance meeting. Or <laughs> I thought, don't... Like, do you really have to specify the Resistance meeting? Yeah, yeah. Like, should you even use that word I know, I know, I know. You can just say, like... Anyways, that was a little weak. Yeah. Um, I did, one thing I want to add that when again when Odo and the, and the female changeling are talking and he's showing her his his weird shapes and forms that he turns into in mm -hmm. his room, and she's like, "Oh, you know, isn't it nice?" And and he goes, "Yeah, like on your home world and outside of the link, do you ever just separate and turn into something?" And and as an example, she says, "Yeah, sometimes uh, you know we'll turn into a cloud." I just thought that's so insane. That, I mean, that was pretty cool. Like, how would they do that? The particles would have to be so light and far apart, and that they would basically be dissipating and float up into the sky, yeah. presumably. 
That's crazy. It is crazy. Their planet also looks terribly un- under-inhabited, like, with things. So maybe yeah. they just don't have much to, to imitate, to? except for clouds. Yeah. But I, I thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah. No, I'm all there for the changelings. They're terrifying. Hmm. Um, oh, we haven't even talked about the other plot. I guess because it seems so not exciting. The what? Cisco plot? Oh. <laughs> I did want to say, there's one thing about that plot that I liked... Where they're um, uh, they're just about to leave. Mm-hmm. Cisco comes on and goes, "Are you ready to leave?" And Dax looks at O'Brien and Nog and goes, "Almost done." Like <laughs> saucy Dax. <laughs> yeah. That's just so mean. And and once again, poor Nog didn't sign up for this. He's he's glad he's there, but he's basically yeah. yeah. Oh, but he's proving himself handy. He's getting yeah. everyone sorry and brandy. And, he, and he's got yeah, he's got the brandy. Even the admiral's like, I'm not gonna ask where he got this. And yeah. uh, and he's got those like cargo pant pockets mm-hmm. now to put things in. He's, he's had that for a while, but yeah. Oh, I didn't, I did, for some reason I didn't notice until the, these past two episodes. Um, no, no, he's had some, uh, he obviously, uh, the gap was, there's probably an interstellar gap, you know, and right, uh, right. that's where he got it from. Right. <laughs> Next to the interstellar Pier 1. Yeah. <laughs> for the Klingon candles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was, I, 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 yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't much of a plot. It's basically, um, yeah. You know, we, we see this in every Star Trek series where you, where from Kirk to Cisco, uh, to, yeah, to Riker, to, to Riker. It's always like the, the question is, do you want to become an admiral and, and not, uh, be able to explore space again? And I mean, Kirk had to deal with this in a million different movies and things. Kept, kept and then, and then he would, he would just steal the ship and then sell off again. I know, which I have a feeling that's going to happen with, uh, Cisco. Uh-oh. Spoilers. Don't spoil it for me. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like that's, cause it, he yeah. just, yeah. Because every presumably everybody in in that class in 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 the Federation wants to pilot their own ship. Nobody really wants to be an admiral except for the crazy ones. Yeah, the ones who are super. They have got some weird, or like crazy evil plan. or something. Yeah, and they're secretly planning yeah. a way to take over the. Star so the, the good ones are you know like Picard. This is as good as it gets. I don't want to get a promotion or or Riker. Yeah. Um, well, I think that theoretically a good admiral is someone who is going to pilot in some ways help pilot a bunch of ships right but um eh, i mean i mean the, I the navy know. has lots of admirals in it so sure. they must be doing something right you know yeah. but uh it's it's like um it's like you know it's like it's almost like cisco has gone to high school for a few years and then he's graduating to go to university and and then he just keeps wanting to hang out around with his <laughs> high school friends. That's not what it's like at all. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> no. he, he, he should move on, you know? No, it's but it's 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 like nobody joins the Federation to be an admiral and sit in an office all day. Nobody wants to do that. But you that's what you have to do after your expertise. Yeah, I would, personally, I would go the Kirk route. They could promote me as much as they want, but I will find a way to to, to steal my own ship back. <laughs> to demote away. yourself? Yeah. yeah. They can court-martial me if they want, but I'll save the day in the end, and then they'll respect me. <laughs> and they'll respect you, and then promote you again. And then they'll promote me again. <laughs> yeah. 
So I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. Do you have anything further you want to add? Uh, nope. Okay. So as always, you can contact us via Facebook, Twitter, Gmail at rrds9podcast at gmail.com. And otherwise, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening.